0: Welcome back to the Death Cast podcast with Gabby, Corinne, and Riley. Today we're going to be discussing the themes of They Both Die at the End, which discusses the final hours of Mateo and Rufus and their journey to the end together. To start off with, I'm going to pass it to Riley, and he's going to talk about the author and his background of the book.
1: Right, thank you, Gabby. All right, so the novel was written by Adam Silvera popular author from the Bronx, New York. He's 30 years old and is openly part of the LGBTQ community, serving as inspiration for his main characters, Mateo and Rufus, who also fall into that community as well. His family was extremely poor when he was a kid until he was 13. His family only slept in one bed. Silvera wrote lots of fan fiction, which introduced him to the world of writing. However, he grew up thinking he wanted to be a social worker like his mom. Silvera published his first novel, More Happy Than Not, in 2015. Silvera's struggles with depression, OCD, and suicidal thoughts have influenced many of his novels, including They Both Die at the End. The book is very tuned into the social media landscape of 2017. Apps and platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter exist in the book, and the novel's fan-fictional platforms draw from and expand upon them. The novel also alludes to the growing number of apps and sites that have become compatible with Facebook.
2: So, for example, the app Last Friend is a very important aspect of this book. It is an app where deckers, or people who receive the death call, can meet up with other deckers or someone who just wants to be there for them on their last day. This is where they can make one last friend to spend their end day with. This is how Mateo and Rufus initially meet, which is a very significant mention.
1: Right, so in the novel, Dalma Young, the fictional creator of Last Friend, is in meetings with Mark Zuckerberg to integrate Last Friend with Facebook's platform. The Make-A-Wish Foundation is another real-life presence that inspires a fictional counterpart in the novel, the Make-A-Moment organization, which gives people a -a once-in-a-lifetime virtual reality experiences on their last day of life, similar to how Make-A-Wish Foundation provides experiences for terminally ill children. However, Make-A-Moment is for-profit company rather than a charitable non-profit.
0: Alrighty then, They Both Die at the End plunges the reader into a world that is in a variety of ways that doesn't seem that much different from the reader's world, except when it comes to dying. In the novel, individuals who are going to die in the next 24 hours, also known as Deckers, receive calls from an organization called Deathcast between midnight and 3 in the morning informing them of this fact so that they can make the most of their last day of life, their end day. The novel centers two teenage boys, Mateo and Rufus, who both receive calls on the same September day, and who connect with each other on the social media app Last Friend, which Riley and Corrine have already mentioned. Through its very premise, they both die at the end, question how people can and should deal with their mortality. But the novel, Overwhelming, suggests that focusing entirely on death isn't especially useful. Rather, it's healthier and more fulfilling to recognize the simple fact that all humans are mortal as a reason to make the most out of one's life, no matter how short it might be. Mateo lives much of his life online, playing video games, and watching livestream videos on a blog called Countdowners, where Deckers can live stream their end day for viewers at home. Though Mateo finds Countdowners fulfilling in its own way and impossible not to watch, he begins to change his thinking when he receives his call from Deathcast. Prior to the call, Mateo feels as though spending time watching Countdowners is normal and even beneficial, but receiving the calls forces Mateo to reckon with the fact that, practically speaking, he's done nothing but hang out on Countdowners for much of his life. And this, he insists, isn't much of a life at all. Further, Countdowners forces Mateo to think constantly about death rather than encouraging him to focus on the act of living. Rufus is, in many ways, the exact opposite of Mateo. Though Rufus tragically lost his parents and his older sister a few months before the novel begins, he's made the best of his foster care situation. He and his fellow housemates and friends, Tego. Malcolm and Amy, the Plutos, spend every waking minute together soaking up life and time with one another. Rufus has several ma- romantic relationships, including with Amy. Though he's active on Instagram, his dismissive of platforms like Countdowners in his mind. It is not useful to focus so much on the act of dying.
1: Yeah, one thing I wanted to talk about was um, Mateo's character, he's really reluctant and he's scared to try new things, which is, it's something that definitely plays a role in the story, mm-hmm. as he, he doesn't like to take risks, and therefore he feels like his life isn't going anywhere, it's stuck in one place. Yes.
0: No, yeah, and especially just like that, it's the exact opposite, like we said, of of Rufus' exact same and how his parents died. What's kind of cool though, they also died receiving the death cast call mm-hmm. a few mm-hmm. months prior and they had died, they all had drowned, their car went off a bridge and of course he wasn't with them Yeah, and he was the only one who lived. Because mm-hmm. he
2: didn't receive the call, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he And
1: when you get the call, it doesn't specify how you die, only when you die, mm-hmm. which no. also adds to Mateo's reluctance to try new things.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that's why he's always like very scared Especially with like the um, He doesn't know what time you're going to die either Which yeah. you yeah. could it die could like five time. minutes later After yeah. you get the call and You uh-huh. genuinely don't know So you don't know what's going to kill you And you don't know what time you're going to die All
2: you know is it's going
0: to be on that set day
1: You don't know when, where, yeah. how, why. or why You only yep. know that you are going to Yep.
0: No. And it's just living with that for that last day It's always in the back of your mind It would make you not yeah. want to do anything
1: Exactly so, as Mateo and Rufus meet, they get to know each other and go through their shared end-day together. They discover that this simple, this simple dichotomy between focusing on living and focusing on dying isn't as clear-cut as they like to think. Though the goal of their day is to get as much life experience as they can, the possibility of death lurks around every corner. It's a risk to so much as to step out of the shower as one might slip in a puddle and die. Even though they undergo the life altering experiences of confronting their pasts, falling in love, and even surviving a suicide bombing, they can never escape the fear of dying that influences every experience.
0: I feel like we should talk about that for a second. Mateo and Rufus almost died so many times, I feel like on their death day, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. But they avoided it. Yeah, they avoided yeah. death so many times. It's very odd like when he talked about the um suicide bombing Mm -hmm. they were at this bookstore and then legit right next to them was a gym that had exploded like if they would have left the bookstore like two three seconds earlier they would have died from that and it's just so odd to see all these things like if they were seconds earlier seconds later they would have died on all of those things which is very weird honestly yeah they had
2: lots of moments where they like thought it was their time where they thought that was it but then little did they know it wasn't and they had more time.
1: Yeah and I feel like these sort of smaller events that very well could have ended their lives also adds to Mateo's paranoia. They definitely don't help it. Mm-mm.
0: Alrighty guys, so I have to tell you about this amazing product. It has worked wonders on not only me, but I know Corinne loves it. And they also have decided to sponsor us today and our podcast. She's not
2: wrong. It is definitely one of my favorite products and I have never had a skincare product work this good before. My skin has literally aged backwards.
0: It is a skin serum called Gatsby's Dream Cream by Daisy Cosmetics, and it adds a glow and youthfulness to your skin. And I not only swear by this product, but recommend it to everyone. And for right now, if you use our code DEATHCASTPODCAST123, you'll receive 20% off, but only for 24 hours. So hurry now, and again, the code is DEATHCASTPODCAST123, to receive 20% off your product. Don't forget to pick it up in stores at Target and other retailers or at www.daisycosmetics.com.
2: Alongside this fear of dying, however, arises a thought that the novel implies is far more important. The understanding that life, in all its forms, is beautiful. Matteo becomes acutely aware of this as he spends time with Penny, his best friend Lydia's one-year-old daughter. Penny, who's at the very beginning of her life, represents innocence and a hope for the future. And as a baby, she has no concept of death. Matteo recognizes that of all people, Penny is truly living. She demands the things she wants. She snuggles the people she loves. And she has her whole life ahead of her, even if she can't yet conceptualize the future. Though Matteo doesn't have long to live when he plays with Penny, he thinks that she has the right idea. It's important to live life to the fullest and do all the things he wants to do, even if, and especially if, things could end in an instant. As an aspiring photographer, Rufus comes to the same conclusions but through a slightly different avenue. He vows to document his last day on Instagram and to do so in color. All his Instagram photos prior to his end day have been in black and white. The simple act of taking photos forces Rufus to look for beauty in tender moments throughout the day, Whether that means taking a photo of someone riding away on his beloved bike, or taking a picture of Mateo resting on the subway holding a building he made out of Legos. Taking these lessons to heart, Mateo and Rufus spend the day crisscrossing New York City, taking emotional, if not physical, risks by asking for forgiveness from their loved ones, falling in love with each other, and ultimately saying goodbye to everyone they can. By drawing on the lessons they learned from Penny and from Rufus's photography, they make the advi- active choice to focus on creating meaningful memories for the people they love and on giving each other the experience of being in love, if only for a short time. Unfortunately, soon after realizing their love for each other, Matteo
0: meets his tragic death. So they take a nap together, and when Rufus wakes up, Matteo is gone. And he is engulfed with thick smoke. Matteo has gotten up to make Rufus some tea and his stove exploded and caused a raging fire.
1: Yeah, so that event ended up being Mateo's death, and Rufus's death happened after Mateo was taken in the hospital. And what happened to him was kind of up for debate, because the last line in the book reads, I crossed the street without an arm to hold me back. So this can imply that a few things might have happened to Rufus. He could have got hit by a car, which is what we think, mm-hmm. or anything could have happened.
2: So, while Death Cast, of course, doesn't exist in the reader's world, the novel nevertheless asks readers to take what Rufus and Mateo learned to heart. Ultimately, this story's theme suggests that making connections and finding beauty in the world whenever possible are more important pursuits than fearing death. So, do you guys have anything to say?
0: So I just wanted to bounce back off on Mateo's death. How he died from like his stove slash oven exploding. In the beginning of the book, um, before Mateo had gone out to go on his adventures with Rufus, the neighbor was actually coming over to fix his stove and mm-hmm. oven because it had been broken the week prior. And so I just think that's funny. It's cause it, yeah, it alludes to the end of the book. That's the mm-hmm. way that he died was from the oven or stove because I guess it slipped his mind that it was broken. Yep
1: but no yeah and i want to talk about how the two went back to mateo's house towards the very end of the book so the events that happened before that Ma- <laughs> mateo and rufus they were they were jumped by a character named peck and peck was introduced at the beginning of the book and he was getting jumped by rufus actually and then i think that whole event kind of like restarted mateo's paranoia because at that point in the story he was kind of snapping out of it but then that event happened, and all he wanted to do was go back to his home, where he was safe.
0: That's a good one. Yeah. So, so it all just, like, ties back in together,
1: and yeah, everything
0: like, that happened, like, happened at the beginning of the book. Yeah, it's like a big it all led back.
1: circle mm-hmm. of character development. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so...
0: Alrighty then. So I just wanted to thank you guys for listening and hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast today. And we had a quick question for you guys. So down in the comments below, answer this question. If you were given one day to live, what would you do with it? And so then again, thank you guys so much for listening and we all hope you enjoyed it. Bye. Bye. Bye.